0: Gentlemen, those of us who prefer not to identify and welcome back. It's a lovely evening here at the Inpour Spirit Studio. My name of course is Mark, and with me as always is Dimitri Gallus. What's up guys? How's it going dude? Pretty good, pretty good. How mm-hmm. you feeling? I'm good. It's been a good. interesting week. Um, getting getting things together. Uh, We had a snowstorm, which uh, impeded us from actually recording a little earlier. So this episode might even be coming out later than usual, but, you know, who cares? It's all right.
1: You know, weather inclined. Yeah. If weather permits, if weather permits, you know, yeah, you we're not risking any lives. I actually tried to come, but I turned around because the snowstorm wasn't didn't look too friendly. Yeah,
0: we can't. We have kids to take care of. We can't risk anything like that. You're you are precious cargo. You're precious cargo. Stop it. Well, uh, <laughs> you guys, if this is your first time tuning in, we are two out of work bartenders who uh, meet up once a week, make cocktails, and talk nonsense. Think of us as your weekly cocktail hour uh and today what are what are you making for me uh i'm making you an americano because i know
1: you love campari <laughs> <laughs> love it wait um, <laughs> it's uh, a okay. campari sweet vermouth and soda water it's a very like light refreshing drink but hmm. um yeah i think okay. you'll love it A.K. you'll hate it that's I, why i'm making it
0: i'm gonna muddle through it um that's funny. I actually picked a cocktail as well that is going to have some soda water in it, uh, and that is a mojito. Yes. yes. Yes, yes. So go ahead. If you are drinking with us, take your time to grab your beer, make your concoction. Uh, if you're not, sit tight because we'll be right back in just a moment. All right. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, brother. You ready? Yeah. I think. That is. Is it good? It's not. It's actually a lot better. The soda water. Um, yeah, it's. If I was going to drink Campari and sweet Vermouth, this is a. This is the way I could gulp it down for sure. Yeah, it's it's meant to be
1: like a low ABV, relaxing, uh, maybe on a patio kind of drink.
0: It's like uh, the grandpa version of an Aperol Spritz. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, it's super classic.
0: I feel like somebody would drink this on their front lawn as they yell at kids to keep off their front lawn. Yes. It's very bitter. It is bitter. Um, Why are you giving me bitter drinks?
1: Because you're a bitter old man.
0: <laughs> because that's what we do. Look, man, I am closely approaching 30 and I do not appreciate these jabs <laughs> in the slightest. Not Why? even in the slightest. You're older than me. It sucks for you, it's bro. It's true. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happily sprinting towards 30 as i've been saying
1: he's older than me by like three months guys so
0: you're ready dude we're ready for for that what do you think of uh my mojito
1: it's delicious um i like it
0: yeah yeah do we did you touch on how this is made or did we just kind of blow through that
1: i think we just kind of blew through it but it's equal parts sweet vermouth equal parts uh campari and then soda water to the top of the glass over ice, built in the glass. I gave it a little stir for you just so it wouldn't all be settled. And then orange peel or orange slice on the side.
0: You can taste the stir, the little stir you did. Oh, yeah? It's good. Yeah. You can, it's the love that you get from there. Yeah, well, my mojito's fairly simple. Um, <laughs> I have uh, one ounce of sugar, one ounce lime, uh, two ounces of. Your white rum. I used on today. A handful of mint leaves, usually six to eight is good. Slap those babies before you... Yeah, go for it. Give a little clap. Slap those babies, throw them in the tin, shake that up, pour a little soda water in, and then pour that into a tall Collins glass. Uh, I dumped it. Dimitri was upset with me. Uh, everywhere I, I, I was doing a lot of research on the mojito, and everywhere I looked, they wanted the dump technique. We were taught... At our fancy hoity-toity cocktail bar, to fine strain uh, into a fresh ice. So you have dirty ice there, buddy, and I like it. I think
1: I'm I'm cool with it. Uh, the only reason I'm a fan of the double strain for the mojito is I don't like the like the bits of mint mint leaf. But you know, if you're using a straw, it's not a huge deal. You won't even notice it.
0: I agree with you. I'm more a fan of the double strain. Uh, I just feel that we were doing classics, and for some reason, a dumped mojito is more of a classic to me than a fine train mojito. You're on a beach, guy doesn't care. It's dumping it in. You're about to go. You're about to go put your feet in some sand. If you're drinking a mojito, that's what I feel. Yeah. So you you should. So on this
1: snowy night because it is evening now
0: mm-hmm. we're recording late this week guys heck yeah we're the night owls today. It up.
1: it's not that late it's like 8 p.m.
0: nine uh, we're almost at nine oh, look at oh, us
1: oh, 9 p.m. rough
0: um,
1: <laughs> but yeah it's a, a little bit of a different change of pace but on a day when it's cold and snowy and shitty out we decided to make bright refreshing cocktails like that summer. remind you of the summer can you tell what we long for yeah, we just want to be outside. So badly. It's coming, I think.
0: Yeah. We uh, just reopened uh, indoor dining. 25% capacity or 25 people, whichever is smaller. Whichever comes first. Whichever yeah. comes first.
1: So if your capacity is 100, you can do 25. But if your capacity is 600, you can still only do 25.
0: 25, yep.
1: Which makes it you know, a little difficult for those bigger places to really... Be excited about this Because most of them still can't open Because you can't justify paying the light bill True For 25 people True Anyway What are we talking about today?
0: Uh, We wanted to get a little different um, And talk about stories Uh, I say we uh, I did some research on The mojito in general Uh, I learned that it is from Cuba Havana I did know that Yeah it's a it's a very Cuban drink. But I'm often I often think I know where
1: something's from, and then it's from California or Wisconsin. So
0: but hey, you don't even know. Look, I'm coming at you with the hard facts where I find them, usually on Wikipedia and or NPR dot dot org. But, npr.org. but uh, you know, when I find them, I give them to you straight. Uh, yeah, Havana, Cuba, and that is actually non-disputed. There's a, there's a bit more dispute beyond that of like if it was more sailors looking to curb an outbreak of onboard illness or if it was the slaves seeking to blunt the sharpness of earlier rum. So, and of course, as we've known, uh, all of our uh, all of our alcohol seems to come from medicine, so that as well. So we wanna, we kind of want to tell stories uh, on our on our mojitos. Maybe if there's like some sort of folklore beh- behind it or anything like that. I don't know if you did any behind deep mojitos. Well, I I did find a, a little bit of that, but I think today that's what we're gonna be focusing on, like the random stories that we maybe find. Maybe they're true, maybe they're not, because a lot of uh, these classics come from word of mouth as we've been discovering on this podcast journey of ours. So today we're going to kind of focus in and, and tell a story that we maybe found. Maybe we made it up. Who knows? You know, maybe, maybe we're, we're that clever. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'd say we start with just kind of talking about the cocktails first and then I'll dive into my story. Sure. Uh, but yeah, well, um, that's, that's for me. The mojito, uh, was also thought to be, uh, played off the, uh, Spanish word, uh, Mojadito, which is a little wet, or uh, the Cuban lime-based seasoning, Mojo, or Mojo, probably. Mojo. Mojo. Uh, And then also Mojo, even in Austin Powers, right? Like, I lost my Mojo, baby. (laughs) Uh, It was just this magic sort of uh, energy, I suppose. Uh, And I think that kind of is true with, with the Mojito. Cast a spell with a few of those on somebody. Another thing that people have also said, a story where it kind of got it to its popularity would be with Ernest Hemingway. And that was actually in a a Cuban bar in Havana called La Bodeguita. Yeah, La Bodeguita del Medio. And uh, that was his favorite place. And apparently he even left a little signature uh, with a saying saying, my mojito in bodeguita, my daiquiri in floridita. And uh, everybody goes to that uh, little bodega to get their mojito on, even though I doubt that's that's real. I think it's plagiarized. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely Probably. plagiarized. But all of this I is think
1: we like to drink, though. So you know,
0: it's true. It's true. Uh, so all of this, like, with it being kind of this. Um, as we always say, like, uh, our cocktails always seem to start somewhere where it was this water of life. I believe the rum they used before it was actually the rum we know today was called Aguardiente de Cana. And that uh, is just basically fire water of sugar. And my story begins with a young Francis Drake. And I know I know what you're thinking. The Sir Francis Drake, who, <laughs> who circumvented the entire world. Yeah. That's the one. (laughs) That's him. So after his successful mission in knighthood, uh, he basically made waves in our cocktail realm as well. Okay. Yeah. And he did this by uh, kind of uh, seeing the deteriorating relations with Spain. And he took to the seas again. Returning to the West Indies, he started capturing just city after city from Santo Domingo to Cartagena, and um, at this point, about a third of his men had died. And uh, many others weren't fit to even serve. So he had he decided at this point to just keep going. He lands in Havana to sack the city of its gold and obviously fails this time around. But this failure is where this cocktail history is made. All right, Because for some reason, the people of Havana must have taken pity on these poor, scurvy, and dysentery-ridden crewmates of the Duke, and uh, this small party that came ashore, uh, they gifted them this arguidente de cana, this mint, this lime, and these juices of sugarcane to put together into this tonic. And yeah, that's where uh, this cocktail came up by the name El Draque, and it was basically what we know as the mojillo today. Okay. So I think that's probably where the mojito essentially came from. So be it folklore, be it tall tale, you can look him up if you want, Sir Francis Drake. But I think he goes hand in hand with that sort of mystery on if it came from these, these people who worked in the sugar cane, or if it was these sailors, I think they worked in tandem. I think they were, I mean, probably You know. Yeah. That's my story. That's the one I found. I liked it because they called him a privateer, but the, he was basically a pirate. He was a pirate with a, with an English agenda. Yeah, I mean, that's what privateers were, right? They were the English
1: Navy, so... All right, so my story's not anywhere near as complex and cool. But I just kind of liked how... I maybe misunderstood the, the project here, but I liked how the name came about. The drink was invented in the 1860s, so it's a really old cocktail. Um, it was originally called the Milano and Torino. Probably butchered those names. It's obviously an Italian drink. Both ingredients are Italian. mm mm-hmm. um, but Campari is from Milan or Molina. Malin, I don't know how to say that word. And the vermouth is from Torino. So that's why they named it that. But then in the 20s and 30s, the 1920s and 30s, there was a bunch of, like, a rush of American tourists to Italy. But they started arriving and they were drinking the hell out of this drink. They would sit at all the cafes and just drink this drink all day. And so eventually the Italians started calling it an Americano. Yeah, the name changed in the 20s, between the 20s and 30s to Americano because it started being like the thing that Americans drank while they were there. And then it became less popular to the Italians because then it just became, they just started making fun of the Americans by calling it an Americano.
0: So you would kind of give yourself away. Were you drinking one of these?
1: Yeah, at the time.
0: It was an older drink.
1: Yeah. But it was a traditional drink. So um, tourists would be inclined to try it, you know? And in the 20s and 30s, who knows when you're getting Campari or Sweet Vermouth on the regular. In the U.S., not at all, really. Right? And it's low ABV and they can crush him. <laughs> it was famously uh, mentioned in the Ian Fleming novel, James Bond.
0: Really? Yeah. That's super funny because the uh, mojito was popularized by not just Hemingway and that Probably fictitious story of him leaving a note there, but also James Bond is uh, has his mojito, uh, the one with Halle Berry. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that that got it very popular.
1: He had two excellent Americanos in Rome during his flight to Istanbul. And then he also requests... What's the soda water we had today? Sorry, I don't want to butcher it.
0: San Pellegrino.
1: No, okay, never mind.
0: No? I thought have? that's
1: what we had. No, we did have San Pellegrino, but I thought he would request that, but it's Pierre... In continuation of the story of the Americano, there was a count from, I think he was from Italy, and he asked the bartender to make an Americano, Americano, but instead of soda water, to put gin in it, and that birthed the Negroni. Because he said it was too weak, he wanted something stronger. Mm. And then they ended up naming it after him, Count Camille Negroni. And uh, his whole family continued to drink them after that. Just a weird story. But then that just leads me into the drink I made you last week, which is a Boulevardier, which is a Negroni with whiskey. But the the Negroni came around in about 1920 as well, which would make sense because all of a sudden maybe they feel less Italian if they're not drinking as much as the Americans.
0: No, everybody has their bravado, right? Yeah, I just find it funny that they went to uh, Italy Got served one of the classic Italy drinks and then basically you served it and it became a misnomer.
1: Yeah. And it's continued to be called that today. Still an Americano.
0: Do you think it has any relation with like the coffee drink, the Americano?
1: I don't know if there is relation. When you do search the Americano and you're looking for stuff though, you have to specifically put cocktail or else you'll just get stuff about the coffee. The coffee. But the coffee could be called that too because maybe Americans didn't like drinking straight espresso in Italy and they wanted to water it down. Do you like, like making mojitos at the bar?
0: I, I like the mojito cocktail. I think it's sexy. Um, I think especially when you double strain it and you get the nice little mint sprig on there. Um, it is a nice cocktail. It sucks to clean up. <laughs> that mint will get everywhere. So I don't mind it. My barbacks, on the other hand, probably hate that, especially knowing me. I'm just throwing those mint leaves wherever is close (laughs) and they, you know, and that's unkind uh, and irresponsible to a degree. But I would say because of the cleanup, it sucks behind the bar because then you have to re-clean your tins out after every time you do that with the mint leaves just going everywhere. But I get compliments on my mojito and my whiskey sours probably the most.
1: Uh, I used to get a lot of compliments on um, fashions. I haven't bartended in a while.
0: Yeah, you're moving on up.
1: Nah, that's alright. The idea of story time. <laughs> <laughs> so I honestly thought that this was going to be like a segment of it, but I have some, some like breakoffs from it. Yeah. So like as a kid, and this just purely stems from how I spent my night last night. But as a kid, did you have a favorite like storybook? and do you have one that you'd want to like pass to your kids
0: personal favorite was go dog go by dr seuss that one and the giving tree giving tree by Shel Silverstein. no was it Shel Silverstein the giving tree it's the one no i'm mixing it up yeah it's the one with the just the story of the the tree and the little boy and the little boy who took from the tree everything uh so he could like build his home for his family and at the end, she, he was like, can I have one more thing? He's like, you took everything. He's like, I just need a place to sit. And he sits on the tree. It's actually, in retrospect, awful of the little boy. He, yeah, he, he steals he everything. He stole everything from that tree. But Go Dog Go, such a great one. All in Dr. Seuss. It's so good.
1: I remember the the Hungry Caterpillar. That was one that was really big in my childhood. Kinsley has those books. But uh, last night, the reason I even brought it up is because last night she was... <laughs> until, like, about 3 a.m., just asking me to read the same book over and over, but then wasn't actually paying attention to it. Like, would wait and make me turn the pages, but then, like, would watch something else or just stare at you would at. start going? Yeah.
0: Would she or call you out when book. you would, like, stop and... Yeah, yeah. she'd,
1: like, like, push it on me. She has little words. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that's why I bring that up. I'm glad I get to, to read that book to her. We have, like, four copies of it. We also have a jack-in-the-box that she's scared to death of, but she loves at the same time. <laughs> like, she she hates when it pops out, but then she, like, looks at it and realizes it's not scary. And, then like, laughs when it touches her. But when like, she's in... <laughs> but when it pops out, she's like, no.
0: It's scary. That object permanency, man. Yeah, where the hell did that thing come from? I don't know. In that little box? I don't believe it. What about, like, ghost stories? There's one that, for some reason, sticks with me, and I think it was within that collection of scary stories. But it, it's a rhyme, and it's "Do you laugh when the hearse goes by? For you may be the next to die." And I just—I don't know why that one always sticks with me. Uh, there's like always like a little song that kind of goes with it, but that's like a one of the oldest scary stories that I think I've committed to memory. Uh, from a kid.
1: If you watch the hearse go by, will you be...
0: Do you laugh when the hearse goes by for you may be the next to die?
1: So you're like laughing death in the face?
0: I think it's just a warning to little kids who don't respect when somebody has passed.
1: Yeah, gotcha.
0: But yeah, I don't know why, Uh, but that was one that I always remembered. The scary stories to tell at night is fantastic. Like, My Big Toe, uh, the one with the girl with the red scarf, okay. where she'd pull it off and her head would fall off. That one scared the heck out of me. I've been enjoying getting scared more and more.
1: To this day, <laughs> if I'm in the ba- bathroom and the lights are off, I still get freaked out about uh, Bloody Mary.
0: Do you do do <laughs> do you do the speed runs ever
1: uh, at t- night? totally do. Yeah? It, totally. The building I work in is so haunted, you know. And like... It's not really, but it sounds like it is. There's always creaks going on.
0: I would say maybe.
1: I mean, it's a really old building and there's a lot of history to it, but walking through it at night with all the lights off, I run out of that place. I run around.
0: Do you it's believe? Scary. Do you believe in paranormal mm. stuff? Like, are you a believer no, in supernatural? Right. No, not really, but I'm still scared of it for
1: some reason. Yeah. I've been getting, I think... Like, the... I know it's not real, or I... In my mind, I'm like, nothing's there, but I'm still scared of creepy spaces.
0: I think if I allow myself to think about something long enough is when I will start getting scared because my imagination will get the better of me, especially if it's like if I'm in the dark.
1: I'm cool in the dark if it's a a space I'm comfortable with. Like I can walk through my house with all the lights off and no issue and like not be freaked. But if I'm going out to the alley... And all of a sudden there's like a cat that sprints by, like then I get then I get tweaked. Or like in the basement of my job That's where you can hear the creaking of like four floors ahead of you because they have the original
0: wood floors from a hundred years ago. So it's yeah, it's true. Showing your vulnerabilities. Whereas I feel like your house situation would be completely different if you like felt like somebody grabbed the bottom of your foot, like as you were well, walking. Yeah, obviously. Like you would freak out
1: why would someone be
0: grabbing my foot i don't know that's what i'm saying like as you're walking through your kitchen and you just feel like this weird grasp on your on your leg you think it's a ghost well that (laughs) hasn't happened i haven't had a situation like that and i actively used to try and ghost hunt as a kid did you ever do that no we me and my friends one day we went to the queen mary because it was known to be an actual hot spot for ghosts the ship or the bar wait what's Queen Mary Queen Mary is a ship in California it's a bar here in in California it's, <laughs> I was
1: right on both accounts then you were yeah it, it's, I, it's like, as a kid you came to Chicago to go to a bar no because you thought it was on you were yeah I was
0: gonna be really impressed but the Queen Mary is a boat and they've actually now like attached it to the dock and it's just a hotel. So it does not service anymore as a boat, but it's still out there for essentially to be a museum. It's renowned for being haunted. So we went to go try and find some ghosts. And they've essentially turned it into like a ghost Disneyland where you can go on these ghost tours. And as you're going through these ghost places, they're like, yes, and then a ghost would come out and they would hit the fog machine effect. And, and I was like, well, this is bogus. Like they've turned this into a complete <laughs> attraction, probably scaring the ghosts away. We were rambunctious enough to find our way behind the scenes a little bit and found a closed off ballroom. Gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. We were definitely not supposed to be there. I'm pretty sure the door we went in to get there didn't say employees only, but another door we went out of to get back to the group definitely said employees only. So at some point we, we got behind the scenes. Hmm. Never got into an altercation with a ghost though, so I don't know, but I am a little stitious. You're a little stitious. I'm a little You're not superstitious. Just a little. I, I, you know, I think, yeah, I think there are weird things we can't explain, and I think that there are, you know, phases beyond this this form of of life, uh, and maybe some of those weird things echo and linger into our our frame of existence a little. I don't know. Maybe. I just have never been super close and personal with it. With what ghosts? Or I've never gotten like my palm read. I've ne- and I've tried, right? Like I've tried going ghost hunting before, but nothing's really happened.
1: Although it may not seem like it, uh, at one point I had ambitions of being a scientist, and I have a degree in biology. So yeah. I tend to lean more towards like facts and like statistics and
0: numbers. Ghosts don't fit. Things. Ghosts don't fit in you your biology. You can't really fit.
1: A, you can't. Prove to me scientifically that ghosts exist with data that's actually, like, comparable to what you're trying to say. Like, people think ghost hunters use their, like, change in humidity or change in temperature, but that could be a tone to so many different things. Like, I just, like, I tend to not believe things that can't be based in science or some sort of logic.
0: What about places like Alcatraz where they've routinely... Found those anomalies and like significant drops in temperature and weird phenomenons. That came.
1: Alcatraz, old ass building,
0: that is that's fair
1: as on a, a, on a fucking island. You think that it won't get random giraffes every once in a while? All right. That, and if that if you get the continual anomaly in one spot, that makes way more sense that there's some sort of giraffe that rolls through that building whenever there's a bad wind. I get it. You're a non believer. I get. It. I am. I. I'm sorry, but I do. Like I said. Even though I don't think that I believe in them, I still get scared about the stupid shit. And like like a mirror in a bathroom when, or shining a flashlight in the bathroom mirror, I won't do it. Like if I have all the lights off already and I'm closing out for the night and I'm checking the bathrooms and I bring my
0: you can't Wait, in, what happens if you shine it? Uh,
1: you're supposed to shine your, a light in the mirror and say Bloody Mary three times and then she's going to appear.
0: I didn't know there was a whole light thing to it. Maybe that's, Maybe that's, why that's never just what my family her. did I don't know. or something. I mean, trust me, I've tried Bloody Mary before as a kid. You've yeah. done it. We were we were stupid kids who were trying to. Have you ever done a Biggie?
1: The Biggie Smalls one, no. Biggie Smalls, Biggie
0: Smalls, Biggie Smalls. I'm sure I've I'm sure I've done it before. Uh, but I we've we've tried Bloody Mary as kids before. We we actively tried it.
1: Yeah, of course you did. And then someone jumped out from in the bathtub, or
0: yeah, it's pretty freaky.
1: Yeah. Or Like moved the curtain. I I love being scared. All right, story time. What's your favorite, like, family story?
0: Oh, geez. Well, I, my grandpa would tell us stories all the time about uh, just his, his time in the war. He was a sailor. He was a man of the Navy. The story that he would always tell us involved him, and he was, um, he was a very lovely Jewish man, and he was not allowed to get tattoos due to yeah. his religion. But everybody in the Navy had a tattoo. And so they go out, they're drinking, and they decide to go to a tattoo parlor. And he's going to get a little anchor, a Navy anchor, just right on his arm. He started drinking just a little too much, unfortunately. (laughs) And uh, as they're there, they kind of get him on the table. And he's listening to what they're saying and kind of starts noticing that they're like pulling his shirt up and pointing to this giant panther pointing to his back and he's just like oh fuck no and he gets up and he runs and so now he's got no shirt on his pants like his pants are like coming off essentially like his belts down and he's running uh just to get away so that he doesn't get this huge panther tattoo and he comes face to face With uh, somebody from uh, another sect of the military. And apparently back in those days, uh, if you were from the Navy or from the Army, there was a bit of contention between the two. And they threw him immediately into the brig. (laughs) And, like, they were, and his his captain had to go out and, like, get him out of there, essentially, because he was basically indecent in public, was what they were, were accusing him of. And, yeah, that's the one story he would always tell us as kids. I, to this day, have still never gotten a tattoo myself. I just have one. Yeah?
1: Yeah, it's right on my
0: boob. <laughs> you got, it, yeah, boob tattoo. I feel like I would get a butt tattoo. Easy to hide.
1: Butt tattoo was my first instinct, but... Then I decided to go with my chest.
0: Right. Okay, right. And I just want to see it. Any family stories?
1: <laughs> uh, I have a good family story about tattoos. It's pretty yours, yeah. uh, I It wasn't the one I was thinking of because you were talking about your grandpa. But while we're on tattoos, um, so my older brother, oldest brother. And I don't even know if the story is true. This is just the way my mom tells it. So you got to take that with grain of salt. Love you, mom. But my oldest brother, he was living in my dad's house, and my dad said, you know, you're out of high school now, but you can live here. I have a few rules, and one of them is you can't get tattoos. It was after he turned 18, uh, he went out and got a tattoo. Just disobeyed Just disobeyed the old man, and uh, I believe it was the bull symbol. You know, he was a Bulls fan in the 90s, so gotta got to support your team. And uh, he got it on his right shoulder, small-town news travels fast one of the regular customers comes into the family restaurant and goes hey dean what do you think about frank's tattoo <laughs> and so he goes oh he's got a tattoo he's like yeah he's got it on his shoulder he's like oh you know uh, it say it, it's nice and walks over and frank at the time was a server in the restaurant walks over says, how you doing and slaps him on the shoulder when he's got a brand new tattoo and just <laughs> just to be a jerk Oof. my mom loves to tell that story though Yeah, we were talking about grandpas who who served in the military, right? So, like, my grandpa uh, was a father of 10 kids, served in World War II, was in the Navy, um, and served on the—I can't remember what ship it was. But essentially, like, a week after he got sent home, the Enola Gay took off and bombed Japan and dropped the first— atomic bomb but he was already home for that right but when my grandpa was passing away he asked for one more drink before he went uh he would drink Manhattan's and so he asked for one more drink but he was on a shit ton of morphine so they said no but then like the nurses left and he had one more drink and he was telling us the story of the war (laughs) and he's like yeah I was on that fucking thing I was on the plane I dropped the bomb I did it all and we're like no you didn't old man like What are you talking about? It's like, no, that's what they don't they don't want you to know in the history books, but I killed everyone. And I was like, Okay, grandpa. That was his secret going out going
0: out. Might as well.
1: My other grandpa always had good stories, but they were like they're not like interesting really. It's just like funny stuff. Like he always used to talk about his donkey in Greece. Like he loved his donkey
0: that's not a story you want to hear from your grandpa no not like that i'm I'm just saying it was his
1: pet okay
0: i'm just saying it was his job yeah 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 story time (laughs) yes this has been this has been story time yeah Come in here and free ball with some stories. Uh, And you may see story time coming back every once in a while.
1: Yeah, we're going to try and keep that as it may be a segment, you know, as we start to develop more of a structure in the show. Yes, (laughs) we're getting there. We're finally, we're making it. Um, And we do again apologize for the slight delay, I think, this week.
0: Yeah, kind of. Not really, because you know what? You get them when you get them. And how's about that? They'll love it. Yeah, yeah. But as always, you guys, we've been In Poor Spirits. You guys, whatever it is that you choose to do, especially if that thing is drinking, do it responsibly. Follow us on our Instagram, at In Poor Spirits. We have our weekly recipes as well as some fun pictures up there.
1: Our Twitter handle is the same, at In Poor Spirits. Uh, We are up to a whopping seven followers. We kind of plateaued there with the doubling in the number, but, you know, it's going good. We're on it. Um, I posted another picture of Zeppelin.
0: And the Discord will be in the information again as well, and this week I'm actually going to be putting recipes on the Discord too, so there will be multiple places to find recipes and other fun things. Uh, Enjoy your week, you guys. We love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, It's changing
1: up this week. Uh, I love you.